Well, hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to True Life. So glad that you are here for part two of our series called The Signature of God. If it's your very first time with us in person or online, my name is Michael. I'm the lead pastor here, and what an honor and a thrill it is to get to share God's word with you this morning. Now, if you're here in person, this looks different. If you're watching online, it might not look that different. Uh, but if you're here in person, it looks different because I'm not actually here. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm being projected on this uh, video screen right now. And uh, I want to just give you a little bit of the backstory on that. My family and I had the opportunity to go see uh, our favorite football team in person today, which we've really never, we've never gotten to do that as a family, for my kids to see their favorite players and people they watch on TV every week, and uh, so it was an opportunity we just could not pass up, and so uh, that's where we are, but what I love is technology allows me to be with you even though I'm not with you, and so I've pre-recorded the message today for you, and I'm passionate about what I'm sharing with you, and I want you to lean in, uh, even if the experience is a little bit different. Uh, This might become more normal for us somewhere down the road anyway as we look at uh, opening up future campuses or adding services down the road uh, as, as things get back to normal and growth picks back up. You just never know what might be the best way to do church. So always fun for us to experiment and try things out. And uh, I'm honored that I still get to share a God's word with you this morning. Before I get into the teaching, I do want to remind you that next week is baptism weekend. And uh, if you have not taken this step in your faith, following the example of Jesus through water baptism, look, here's, here's all it is. It's an outward expression of what Jesus has already done on the inside. So if you have accepted Jesus as Lord Lord and Savior, that means there's an old you that's gone, it's dead, and there's a new you that has come to life. And when we baptize in water, it is symbolic of that moment that, that the old you died, it goes under the water, and there's a new you that is born in Jesus. So if you've never taken this step in your faith, I want to encourage you to do it. It's so meaningful. It's a, it's a public expression where you say, hey, my life belongs to Jesus, and I don't care who knows. That's why we don't do private baptisms or, or anything like that. It, it is supposed to be a public moment, and a whole bunch of you have already signed up, so I'm so excited for next weekend. If you haven't signed up yet, you can do that at truelife.church forward slash baptism, or you can find the link by going through the True Life Church of Newark app on your smartphone, and it's just going to be an amazing weekend. If you're getting baptized, invite all your friends and family to come witness that and celebrate with you, especially if they don't know Jesus yet. What a great opportunity to let them see what God has done in your life. All right, I got one more thing, kind of a big announcement, kind of a big deal that I need to share with you this morning. Uh, and, And let me give you just a little bit of backstory on this. Back in 2020, right before the pandemic kind of took over and everything got shut down, we had begun uh, the process of getting ready to move into three church services on Sunday mornings because we were full, especially in our kids' environments. The two services that we were having, they were maxed out. We had no room left in the kids' environments, even though we had just finished building that new kids' wing. And so just weeks away from that, COVID hit, right? We shut down, everything changed. When we had the opportunity to come back in person last August, we said, you know what, let's, let's launch at three services because that'll make it easier for people to distance, to, to have social distancing. And, um, and so we've been running for just a little over a year now at three services, but we've, here's what we've come to the conclusion is that uh, those of you who are coming in person are probably not uh, real concerned about the distance piece. And uh, we're stretching our team really thin. I mean, we're just, we are just wearing people out. And so we think we can do a better job leading people to Jesus, giving them an excellent experience 
uh, by going back to our pre-pandemic schedule. And so November 7th, that's the first Sunday in November. And trust me, we're going to say this over and over and over again. It'll be in church news. Uh, the service times will be changed on our website. Uh, social media will, will say this over and over and over again. Everything we can do to make sure everyone knows. But on the first Sunday of November, we will be returning to our pre-pandemic schedule, which means two services on Sunday at 8.30 and 10 uh, with Kids Life in both services. All right, so the confusion about when to come to have childcare, that's gonna go away. Uh, right now, it can be confusing for a family that's new, that's, that's coming to check us out. They might show up at our 8.30 and find out there's nothing for their kids until one of the later services. So we'll be able to have two full services where we can fully serve people and do everything with excellence. And I'm really excited about that. I think it's the healthiest thing for our church. Now, I just want you to know, when we fill up again, then we'll figure out what we have to do, whether that's going back to three or adding Saturday or whatever it may be. But for right now, we feel like this is the healthy thing for our leadership and for our dream team uh, who, who have served so tirelessly for this last year in three services stretched extremely thin. And I just want to say from the bottom of my heart as your pastor, thank you for doing that. Uh, we're going to get to a healthier place for right now. And, uh, and then we're going to serve people and God's going to grow the team and, and we'll see what comes next. So uh, November 7th, November 7th, November 7th, November 7th. Don't forget, uh, especially if you're in the 1130 today, uh, that, that service will go away on November 7th. We'll move to the 830 and the 10 with Kids Life in both services. All right, I want to give a shout out to Pastor Perry, who did an outstanding job of kicking off this new series last weekend, talked about the transformation that God wants to do in our lives. And when we know God, when we're in relationship with God, there's a transformation process that begins. And uh, so I want to pick up right where he left off, and I want to talk about one of the core components of our ministry here at True Life. It's, we've got small groups around it. We've, our vision statement revolves around it. Know God, find freedom. We want to have freedom. We believe God wants us to experience freedom in our lives. And so I want to spend some time with you this morning. I'll be pretty quick. Talking about freedom and how can I experience freedom in my life? In fact, Galatians says it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again. Isn't that interesting? By a yoke of slavery. So what Paul is saying is, hey, Christ Jesus has purchased your freedom. He paid for it. He, he took care of it. But if you're not careful, even though he's bought freedom for you, you can burden yourself. You can keep on living as if that burden is still, as if you haven't been freed at all. In fact, there's some habits and some patterns that I think all of us tend to fall into because we, we actually misunderstand what freedom even is. We, we interpret freedom as meaning just live with no boundaries or, or make it up as you go and and so even though Christ has paid for our sin and we don't have to be a slave to sin anymore, we continue to make ourselves slave to our sin, our sin nature and our habits from the past. And I just want you to know that's not what God wants for you. He wants you to live free. And all the free people in the house would say amen, right? All right he, wants you, he wants you free. He wants you to live free. Let me show you another passage. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is no shame, no guilt, no religion. 
Not trying to earn God's love through works. No, no, no. What is it? There is freedom. Freedom. So what does that mean? Does freedom mean I get to do anything I want? Does freedom mean I should say anything I want? Does freedom mean I should choose any behavior that I want? And to help you understand this this morning and just to kind of be a reminder for a lot of us, just give us a little bit of illustration. I'm gonna use this, this whiteboard that we, that we brought out on the platform. And I wanna talk a little bit about freedom. And I wanna talk about freedom. And so, so oftentimes what we do is we misinterpret freedom to mean that there is no boundary on my life. I want you to, if you have, if you have kids, you're, you remember this, you're familiar with this. Uh, any of you who've been around little kids, little children, what, what happens when you hand a, some markers or some colored pencils or some crayons to a small child who's just learning how to use that utensil? You could hand them a beautiful picture with all the, the lines on it and all, all they have to do is choose colors and color in the lines to get a beautiful picture, to create a beautiful picture. But, but a small child who doesn't have the maturity or the skills yet to understand what those lines on the page mean, what, what do they do? We all know. They're gonna take that piece of paper and they're just gonna go nuts, right? They're, they might even grab another color. They're just gonna go crazy. And then they're going to be like, look, look, mommy, I made you, made you a picture, made you a picture. And then you're going to hang it on the refrigerator. You're going to hang it on the wall. You're going to put it in your cubicle at work because you're so proud. You're so, so glad that your child loved you enough to make this picture. But the truth is, we all know, that what we want to see happen eventually, developmentally, is for the child to learn that the lines of the picture represent what? Boundaries. And really, if you want to create a beautiful picture, you would learn not to just make this scribbly mess, but you would actually learn how to color within the boundaries. I hope the sound of this eraser is not too annoying in the microphone. You would learn how to color within the boundaries. But the truth is, many of us are living our lives one of three ways this morning. And some might be experiencing freedom but probably a couple of us, about two-thirds of us, honestly, probably are not because you've got three options. And one is you can try to live with no boundaries, which I would just say, and I don't mean to offend anyone, but that just means you're kind of at the entry level of spiritual development, spiritual maturity. Just like that little kid would just scribble away. And so some of us are kind of, maybe you've even had a moment where you come to Jesus. Maybe you haven't even had that yet. But you're just kind of just, you're figuring it out on your own, making your decisions from day to day. And the truth is, you're living with no boundaries at all. No ba- you might not have boundaries on your time. You might not have boundaries on your relationships. You might not have boundaries around the, the moral decisions that you're making. Just, just no boundaries. And the, and the truth is that it might sound like freedom, to live with no boundaries, but it's actually not freedom because living with no boundaries leads to regret, it leads to shame, it leads to the burden being put back on that Jesus paid for. And I don't think Jesus wants any of us to live that way, but some of us are. We just, 
We're kind of like, I just want to just do my own thing. Uh, I'm, I'm thankful for salvation. I'm thankful for Jesus. Maybe you've made that decision. Maybe, maybe you haven't. But you just kind of just, just no boundaries, just li- living without boundaries. Uh, and that's not freedom. It might sound like freedom, but it's not freedom. And in fact, some of us who are living that way this morning, as I'm saying this, you, you, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Because there's a burden that you're carrying. There's a burden that you're dealing with right now that comes from the choices you've been making in your own life. All right, then there's another group of us who uh, we're not living with no boundaries, but we're living with our own boundaries. So you, you took the paper and you just flipped it over and you drew your own, your own picture. You're, you're just trying to draw your own picture and then color it. You, you've, you've really taken the role of creator on for yourself. And so now, you, now you're just trying to live within your own boundaries. And you might get it right every once in a while. A couple of those boundaries might be healthy. A couple of those boundaries might lead to some, some good fruit in your life. But the truth is, if you're trying to create all your own boundaries, you've taken the responsibility of your creator away from him. And, and guess what? You were not meant to carry the burden of your creator. He, he's the one that wants to design the picture, give you the boundaries, so that all you have to do is just bring the color to it. And this is not really freedom. Living in your own boundaries is not really freedom. The third option, what I think God really wants for us, and this is where freedom does happen, is to learn to live in God's boundaries. God's boundaries. And God's boundaries do not restrain us. They release us. They do not restrain us, they release us. Freedom is living, is making the choice to live under the lordship of Jesus. It's the freedom to pursue the good that God has called you to in your life. Now, now God's picture for you is infinitely more beautiful than anything I could ever do, but because I'm artistically challenged, let's just go with a shape. Let's just go with a shape, all right? And I know some of you are gonna say, well, you, you can't put God in a box, and you're right. You should, never, you should never put God in a box. But we're gonna use a box because that's, that's about the limit of my artistic skill set, all right? So we're gonna take this box, and this box now is gonna represent God's boundaries for your life. God's boundaries for your life. And, and here's, here's what I want you to contemplate, what I want you to think about this morning. Uh, there are actually some boundaries that are universal for all followers of Jesus. So if this box represents the boundaries of my life, the, the boundaries of how I make decisions with my time, uh, the relationship decisions I make, the, the morality decisions I make, there are actually boundaries that are, are spelled out for us that are universal to all believers. And we find these in Scripture, all right? The, the, the Bible. Did I spell it right? I think I did. So we, we, we find these, bound, these boundaries are defined for us within Scripture. So this is how we, this is how we can know there's some things that are true for all of us, like, like murder. We, we know that murder would be outside of the boundary, all right? We, we, we know that gossip would be outside of the boundary. We, we know that stealing would be outside of the boundaries. We know that, 
uh, really anything you find in the Ten Commandments, right, would be outside of the boundaries. And putting anything before God would be outside of, of the boundary. We, we know that God has a design for marriage and husbands and wives, and God has designs on parenting, and God has designs on sexuality, and all of these things that we can very clearly find in Scripture, they're universal boundaries for all of us, for all of us. And so we can start there, and, and, and these boundaries do not restrain us, they free us to pursue the blessed life that God's been wanting for us all along. We, we, get, we get some of our boundaries from Scripture, and that's, that's why Paul, he, he's writing to the church in Corinthians, in, in Corinth, and he says, you say I have the right to do anything. Well, what, what's he talking about? He's talking about grace, because I can't earn salvation, so can, should I just do anything I want, or do God's boundaries still apply to me? And Paul says, can you do some stuff outside the boundaries, and will Jesus still love you and still care for you, and, and could you still spend eternity with Jesus someday? Yeah. But not everything is beneficial. Just because you can doesn't mean you should. See, every time I step outside of the boundary, I put the burden back on myself. I've, I've become a slave to sin again, even though I've been purchased, even though I'm free. And Paul says you, you, you can do stuff, but it might not be beneficial. I have the right to do anything, but I will not be mastered by anything. And if, if we're really honest, what many of us do is we live our life outside the boundary, and, and truthfully, you and I have some things in our lives that, that tend to pull us out of the boundary. You've got some habits. You've got some tendencies. You, there, there's, some, there's some flesh, there's some sin nature stuff that's always pulling you out of the boundary. Maybe there's an addiction. Uh, maybe there's just a, a temptation that you haven't learned how to say no to yet. Maybe there's some unhealthy relationships that, that keep pulling you out of the boundary. And what happens is every time you step out here, you're, you're putting the burden of slavery, the burden of sin, back on yourself. And Paul says, hey, why would you do that? Why would you keep doing that when you could live within the boundaries God has for you and be free and have peace and have hope? And so what I want to do this morning to help you with this is I want to give you a boundary filter, a freedom filter. Inside this box is freedom. It's here. It's available to you to live the life that God has for you. And so what I want to do is I want to give you a three-question freedom filter. It'll help you with the boundaries that God has for your life. All right, so here we go. Follow along with me. Here, here's the first one. Here's the first question I can ask about every decision in my life, every relationship in my life, how I'm going to steward my time, my energy, uh, my, my finances. Here, here we go. Here's the first question I should ask. Is it pleasing to God? Man, this is just a great prayer to pray. To pray. God, if I do this, is it going to please your heart? Lord, Lord if, if I should not do this, would you just Take the peace away. Make it just obvious and clear to me. Uh, here's, here's a great way to get the answer to this question. 
start with Scripture. I think oftentimes we pray and we want God to answer questions he already answered. They're already, for, they're already available to us in his word. And so I can, I can get into his word and quickly say, is this pleasing to God? John 8, 31 says, to the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, if, if, everybody who's watching our own, I want you to say if, if, so this is conditional. If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples, and then you're gonna know the truth. So there is such a thing as truth, Jesus says, and I have it. All you need to do is hold to my teachings. Get into my word, and my truth, Jesus says, will give you freedom. That is the thing that will set you free. It's the freedom filter. It's the freedom filter. Is it pleasing to God? Here's the second question. Is is it upholding my convictions? Is it upholding my convictions? So here's the interesting thing about boundaries. Scripture gives us some universal boundaries, but did you know you might have more boundaries than just the ones given to you directly in Scripture? You might have some convictions that the Holy Spirit brings into your life that honestly could be completely unique to you. This was happening in the early church because you had Jews and Gentiles who were mixing together in this newfound faith in Jesus, this, this brand new baby Christian church, which by the way, uh, all of the ideas that you and I have today, that you and I would say are traditional Christian values and Christian ideas, did you know that in the early New Testament church, what you and I use the word traditional to describe to culture at that time, it would have been described as extreme. So these, these moral decisions that people would make and this idea of giving away a tenth of your income and all, all these different things were so foreign to the Gentiles. It was, really, it was really new to them. And yet, in increasing numbers, they kept coming to these new Christians and saying, it seems like your way of life is better. Can we join you? Can you teach us what this is all about? I think this is why Paul encouraged us to always be ready to share the hope. He said, so there's, there's, there's something about these new believers that caused the world to come and say, what do you have? It caused unbelievers, people who did not have a relationship with Jesus, people who were not followers of Jesus to come and say, can you teach me how to follow Jesus? Because it, it seems like you have captured something that I haven't. It seems like your life is more peaceful. It, se it seems like your life is more fruitful. And so uh, all of these ideas were very new at one time, and now we, we kind of call them traditional. That's one of the reasons why I don't get fearful when our world sways, when the pendulum swings away from traditional Christian values, because it actually just puts us right back in the position that the church was in when it started, when these ideas were extreme. And people were trying other things, and it wasn't working. And they found Christianity, they found following Jesus to be the answer. But back to my point, so there's these conversations going on now among Jews and Gentiles around which Jewish traditions should be followed and which ones shouldn't. There were a lot of arguments even about food. And is it okay to eat this, or is it okay to eat that? <coughs> Excuse me. 
And so Paul addressed the Romans, and he says, look, if you have doubts about whether or not you should eat something, you are sinning if you go ahead and do it. So Paul says, hey, if there's a, if there's a check in your heart that's going, I don't, I don't know, I don't know if I should do that. Paul says, then don't do it. But, it's, but I can't find it in the universal boundaries. I can't find it in the scriptures that says I should not do that. Isn't it okay for me to go ahead and do it if I can't find it in the universal scriptures? And Paul says, no, because these aren't the only boundaries you live by. You start with these. He says, but then the, the Holy Spirit might even give you some, some, some additional boundaries. He says, for you're not following your convictions. Everybody say convictions. If you do anything you believe is not right, you are sinning. You're sinning. So I want to illustrate this for you. So, so it might be that you've got these universal boundaries that are given to us by Scripture. But it might be that maybe, maybe your family had a history of, of, of alcoholism or, or a tendency toward addictions. And so God might say to you, hey, in fact, he's done this for me. He, he said, hey, hey, Michael, for you, I, I really just never want you to go near that. It's, it's, not that, it's not that it's sin for everybody, but for you, I just, I just don't want you to ever go near that. It's just a value that I want you to have. And so within the, the, the big boundaries, he's kind of said for me, like, we're going to go ahead and just carve out this area here, and you're just not going to go there, all right? And, 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 and how you talk, there's some language choices that, that I've just called you to make, and, and there's some choices about how you lead the church and the organization that you're in charge of, and and there's some choices I want you to make about how you parent and, and how you talk to your wife and all these different convictions that God might create inside of my heart. And so the boundaries could be here, but for me, actually, the boundaries are, are now, they're not just the box. There's this unique shape that God has given, and I believe God gives each and every believers. So there are boundaries that are universal for all of us. Within those boundaries, there might even be more boundaries. Not, not a religious list of do's and don'ts, but just some things that the Holy Spirit says, hey, I just don't want you to go there. I just don't want you to, I'm just asking you not to go there. And so out of obedience, we say, okay, okay, God, I won't. And I understand that because you've placed this conviction in my heart, if I go there, it's sin. And so I want to be obedient to you, God. And so I, what I want to encourage you today, True Life, to do is you need to know your Bible. You need to know the universal boundaries that God has for all of us, all of us who are followers of Jesus. But then I want you to seek the Lord in prayer. This is what David was so good at. He would say, he would say God, search my heart. And if there's anything in me that you find offensive, if there's anything in me that's not pleasing to you, there's anything about the choices I'm making that are going to take me further away from the calling you have for my life or, or the purpose you have for my life, show me. Help me to put new boundaries around that. And within those boundaries, there is freedom. Is it pleasing to God? Does it uphold my convictions? And here's the last one. Is it representing God's love? Is it representing God's love? This is a freedom filter. 
This is a freedom filter. This is why Paul said in Galatians, hey, look, I, I don't belong to anybody. I'm free. But I make myself a slave to everybody to win as many as possible to Jesus. I've made myself a slave to everyone to win as many as possible to Jesus. Paul's saying, I have this conviction that because people matter to Jesus, people should matter to me. And so will the choices I make reflect the love of Jesus? The love of Jesus. By the way, you've got some choices coming your way very soon, church. We're right around the corner from our, our, our legacy series where we'll talk about all the reasons that we can be generous. And then we have our Christmas shop, one of the biggest outreaches we do every year, where we'll have the opportunity to reach literally into people's homes and bless them with a beautiful Christmas where otherwise they may not have been able to do that. No strings attached because we're the hands and feet of Jesus. We say yes to things like that as a church family because it shows the love of Jesus to everyone around. It shows the love of Jesus. I wonder if you've experienced the love of Jesus in your life. I wonder if you've experienced the love of Jesus in your life. I'm just gonna tell you that you can't experience freedom until you've experienced his love, until you've begun a relationship with him. And that's why In John 8, Jesus replied, very truly, I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. And that's all of us. All of us have been a slave to sin at some point in our lives. But Jesus can set us free. And now a slave has no permanent place in the family. That's maybe even how some of you feel. Like you kind of bounce in and out of church, you kind of bounce in and out of healthy relationships, and nothing feels permanent. But Jesus says, look, I can make it permanent. I, I can make this a forever thing because I'm the son. And my, my father is seated on the throne in heaven. A son belongs forever. So if the son sets you free, Jesus says, if, if you'll make me Lord of your life and you'll embrace these boundaries and this freedom filter on your life, I'll set you free indeed. Like it's a, it's a full freedom. It's the real deal. I've been saying, to, I've saying this to one of my friends lately, and he, and he repeats it back to me now. He says, it's like, this stuff actually works. It just works. It just works. And God wants you free. And I, I wonder, have you had an encounter with the Son, Jesus? Have you had an encounter with the Son, Jesus? And I'm going to ask everybody watching right now to bow your heads and close your eyes. So we have a moment of prayer together. And I want to talk first to those of you who do not yet know the Son. So you're not in the family of God. It's not permanent. It's all temporary. And I just want to ask you, why would you wait another minute, another moment? Why don't you take a step towards freedom today by receiving the free gift of salvation? the freedom that Jesus purchased for you. You don't have to be a slave to sin ever again. And I'll help you with it. There's some simple words you could say right now. Then I'm going to ask you to listen to Dan here in a couple minutes as he shares about our connection cards and how to let us know about the decision you're making today. And just say, dear Jesus, today I surrender my life to you. It's yours. 
You can have it. Please forgive me for every moment I've spent living my life my own way. From this day on, my life belongs to you. I believe you died on the cross for my sin. I believe three days later you rose from the dead and you broke the curse of sin off of my life. You have purchased my freedom. And from this day on, my life belongs to you. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed. And I just want to ask, how are you doing with your freedom filters? How are you doing with embracing the boundaries that lead to freedom? And I just want to pray for you. Each and every person who's watching this message right now, I want to pray for you before we go. Heavenly Father, I I pray for each and every person who's listening to this message, watching this message, sitting in our auditorium, watching online, wherever they are right now, God. Lord, help us to learn to not live without any boundaries. We don't want to live in immaturity. God, help us not to be people who just create our own boundaries. Help us to be people who embrace your boundaries. Because in your boundaries, there is freedom, the freedom to become who you want us to be. And that's everything, God. That's where fulfillment happens. That's where purpose comes from. And so I pray, God, for each and every person who's listening today, that maybe for the first time ever, we'd be able to make some choices to embrace the boundaries you have for us and experience freedom, real freedom, God. So help us to filter every decision, every choice, through these filters. Is it pleasing to you? God, I pray that you would help us to know your voice and to hear what you're whispering to us and to create those convictions in our life that, that are oftentimes unique to many of us. Beyond just those universal boundaries, God, reveal your distinct plan and calling to each and every one of us. And help us to embrace those boundaries as you give them to us. God, and ultimately we want everything we do to be a reflection of who you are and your love. Help us to point people to Jesus with the hope that we have and the life that we live. We know that you will in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you guys.